recording Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to to eighty-seven. Oh, that view is tremendous. A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning in to episode 54 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Well, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass was never far from the stereo in my parents' living room. The TJB easily has the highest number of records represented in my dad's collection with 12. And by the way, the second highest is Henry Mancini with 7. And of course, it's the ultimate representation of the happy music I grew up with that I talk so much about during this show. So get ready for some classical brass with Volume 54, Albert's Ninth. The Love Nest, written by Lewis Hirsch and Otto Harbach. All right, why this album for this episode? Well, I think I've made it clear from previous episodes just how big of a TJB fan my dad was and I am. It was a rare concert that I got to share with my parents, and even my brother Mike joined us at that Blossom Music Center concert in the mid-1980s. The instrumentation and the compositions all make for the fun music that was the background of our everyday lives. Now, this is the third record I've played out of the 12 Tijuana Brass records my dad has, and I, I kind of just randomly picked it because I knew I would have plenty of good music to choose from. That's why this album for this episode. And now a tune written by one of Alpert's longtime composers.
Well, there is a totally inappropriate song title for songs nowadays. Cowboys and Indians, written by Saul Lake. All right, let's take a look at the selection I have chosen for this episode. Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. Herb Albert's ninth. It's on the AM Records label, SP4134. It's on the vinyl LP album stereo format, and it is of the Terre Haute pressing. It was released on December 8, 1967. Its genre is jazz, and its style is Latin jazz. Now, I'm going to read a few liner notes that aren't really liner notes. What they are is basically the credits for this album. Arranged by Herb Albert, featuring Herb Albert, Nick Soroli, Bob Edmondson, Tani Cocklish, Lou Pagini, John Pisano, Pat Senator, engineer Larry Levine, Studio Gold Star, album designed by Corporate Head, art director Tom Wilkes, photography by Guy Webster, contributing photographers Guy Webster, Jim McCrary, and John Urey, produced by Herb Albert and Jerry Moss. This album is available on four and eight-track stereo cartridge tapes. <laughs> now, um, let's see what Discogs.com has valued this album out. The highest at $6.99, the lowest at a quarter with the median at $1.99. So after seeing these values, I found this interesting. Amazon had a copy for $3.30. Walmart had a copy for $11.37, but I couldn't tell if it was the vinyl or the CD. And eBay had an unopened, still-sealed copy for $95.95. I wonder what that copy actually looks and sounds like on a fresh turntable. Now, my dad has two copies of this record. The copy I recorded for this uh, episode is by far the better record of the two, even though it certainly has some surface hiss. Both album covers are actually in pretty good condition. The cover that housed the record uh, that was in better shape has one of those green streaks on it, um, but the other is in very condition as well. I could probably get a quarter for one and maybe 50 cents for the other. All right, what was Herb's infatuation with fleas.
Fleabag, written by Julius Wechter. All right, let's learn a little more about this talented individual, Herb Albert. And since this is the third time we've featured him on this show, we're going to do something a little different. Under the mini bio on his page on IMDb, there is a list of facts about Herb and the Brass. His song, 1980, from his album Rise, was slated to be the theme song for the 1980 Summer Olympic Games until President Jimmy Carter declared an American boycott of those Olympics in protest of the Soviet Union's occupation of Afghanistan. Hmm, here we go again. Co-wrote Wonderful World and Only 16 for the late Sam Cooke. Co-founder, with Jerry Moss, of A&M Records, which grew to become the world's largest independent record label. Among the artists that recorded on A&M include The Carpenters, Cat Stevens, Joe Cocker, Carol King, and Sergio Mendez. While attending the University of Southern California in the 1950s, he was a member of the USC Trojan Marching Band for two years. He was a guest musician with Christ Novelsek's 1997 project Suite 75. Only artist in history to hit number one on the Billboard charts with both a vocal hit, This Guy's in Love With You, in 1968, and an instrumental hit, Rise, in 1979. He and Jerry Moss sold A&M Records to Polygram in 1989 for $500 million. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on March 13, 2006. He was awarded the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for recording. Co-founder with Jerry Moss of Carnival Records, 1961 through 62. After the label had been exist in existence for a year, they discovered that there was another record label named Carnival Records, so they changed their label's name to A&M Records, of course, using their initials of their last names. During his brief brush with acting, he shared a class with Leonard Nimoy under the tutelage of Jeff Corey. Co-founded with partner Jerry Moss, the record label Almost Sounds, in 1994. Because of his association with his early band, the Tijuana Brass, and his somewhat olive complexion, many people think he is Hispanic. In fact, his parents are both Jewish, and his father was born in Russia. Recorded his first hit, The Lonely Bowl, with members of The Wrecking Crew, the cream of Los Angeles studio musicians who accepted scale pay as a favor to Alpert and the session's coordinator. After the record became a hit, earning Alpert a million dollars in royalties, he paid the musicians the balance of their session fees and a fine to the musicians' union. He released his first record, Tell It to the Birds, under the name Dore Alpert. He served in the United States Army, where he attended the Army Band School. He was turned down by the ANR executive of Specialty Records, Sonny Bono. He was awarded with 15 Golden Albums, 14 Platinum Albums, and has sold over 72 million records. He studied trumpet under trumpeter Benjamin Klatskin of the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. He appeared on the Los Angeles local TV show High Talent Battles that he won for seven weeks. In the 1960s, his music was used in Clark Tiberi gum commercials. According to Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, he was inspired by the Dore Alpert, Herb Albert single, Tell It to the Birds, when creating the melody for Surfer Girl. His nephew, Randy Badass Albert, co-wrote with Andy Armour, Herb's 1979 instrumental smash hit Rise that won the Grammy Award for Best Pop Instrumental Performance. The track was later sampled in the 1997 number one rap song Hypnotize by the Notorious B.I.G. He turns 87 on March 31st, 2022. 
And now a couple of tunes that start with one that seems to incorporate a lot of other TJB songs into a classic opera. Spinning my dad's vinyl.
Well, especially for it being the Tijuana Brass, this is the slowest version of the Trolley song I've ever heard, and written by Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine. Before that, Carmen, arranged by Herb Alpert and Peter Mott. Now time for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with five interesting quotes from Alpert that were also on his IMDb page. There was a point with the Tijuana Brass where we were playing for such huge crowds that I kind of lost contact. At one point, the only connection I had with the audience was was with people out there lighting cigarettes. I never thought of myself as a trumpet player in the traditional sense. I never played in a big band. I didn't struggle the normal way. I believe the best chance we have of creating responsible and productive kids is through the arts, and it has to be developed just like literacy. Boy, I couldn't agree more there, Herb. 2013 on the music industry. Oh, man, it's in serious trouble. The Internet has not been a big help. And looking back on it, I don't think we responded properly to the music-sharing program that was rampant and devastated the business. The record companies as they used to be, I think that's gone. On the suggestion that the Tijuana Brass style limited the scope of his career, I never felt limited. This might sound weird, man, but I never tried to make a hit record. I tried to make interesting records. I worked with Sam Cooke and Lou Adler and wrote a song, A Wonderful World. Sam was a mentor, and he said, People are just listening to a cool piece of wax, and it either makes it or it doesn't. And it's not important what kind of echo chamber you're using or how much time you've spent in the studio practicing. Speaking of interesting, here's an interesting rendition of a song we've played a couple of times now on this show. A very interesting version of My Heart Belongs to Daddy, written by Cole Porter. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I always look forward to the TJB episodes because I can't stop smiling while listening. And it's been really interesting to learn even more about the brilliant musician, savvy businessman, talented artist, and compassionate philanthropist that makes up Herb Albert. And now, one of the happiest sounding tunes I've ever heard from the brass. Ah, Banda, written by Chico Barque de Hollanda. And there you have selections from yet another Tijuana Brass album in my dad's collection. So thanks for tuning in to Volume 54, Albert's Ninth, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 55, Lily's Ringy Dingy. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.